successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I am your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you listening again this week on 980 AM if you're joining me via the radio or on iTunes via podcast or even on our website at grillnationshow.com. Hope you're having a great day and a great week as the summer uh, comes to an end, I guess you would say, here pretty, pretty quickly and we enter the month of September. We are going to have an awesome show today. Uh, we are lucky to be joined again monthly by uh, Jeff Phillips and his team from Landmark Bank, Senior Vice President of Landmark Bank. He always is a good connector for the Grill Nation show and, and always brings on or, or sends great guests for the show. And today is going to be a really good show with with two really key management folks, key leaders in, a, in, in the area, actually. President of RJ Cool, Bill Kimmel, and Vice President of RJ Cool, Darren Harding, will be joining us here in segment two. Their website is rjcool.com. They are going to talk a lot about uh, growing their business, how they've done it, what they've looked for, reaching into new markets, talking about their partnership and how it's worked. I mean, just a ton of great advice on the show. And it's funny because they, uh, they are a premier commercial laundry equipment uh, sale, rental, and repair uh, company. And, and uh, you know, we're going to really dive into kind of more of the business side of it and how it's grown, more so than the, uh, the products they might offer, Jeff, as far as uh, all the technology. I had that in my notes, but, but we'll get to them in just a second. I'd like to welcome on Jeff Phillips again, Landmark Bank, Senior Vice President. Jeff, um, how have you been doing, man? And uh, and what's up with uh, with what's up with you and the bank these days? Yeah, well, thank you for uh, having us on today. I- I'm excited for what uh, Bill and Darren are going to be able to share with us. They are um, they're a fun uh, group to work with, and uh, they've experienced a lot of success. And uh, it's been fun to kind of have a uh, have a, a role a small role in that and um, you know, Jeff think, what's funny about that is you know um, again they're in the laundry world from huge yeah. huge hotels and, and yeah. family and, and hospitals and nursing homes and you know we, we'll talk about it in the show but I mean they have such a big uh, uh, operation as far as the sales of everything they do and the solutions they offer uh, you know uh, people usually do very well in these kind of niche niche industries I guess you would say yeah. 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 It's almost one of those. And I don't think they would take offense to this, but it's almost one of those where you say commercial laundry and you're like, oh, yeah. But I mean, when you really get into it, you you realize how critical that is to so many different businesses and the technology that's involved with it. This is not your little coin laundry that's on the corner where college kids do their laundry. I mean, right. these are these are high tech deals. So, yeah, it'll be fun to visit with them. And um, but, you know, RJ Cool is a lot like um, several of our businesses right now that we get to work with who actually are doing well uh, in this environment. I would say probably, 
maybe 80% of the folks that we work with um, when things uh, started happening in March and April uh, really took a hard look at their business, made some uh, tough decisions, but made them quickly and uh, have actually put themselves in a position where they've been able to redirect the business or focus in on just the, the pieces of the business that are working and um, have made some cost cuts and things like that. I really feel like most businesses are like RJ Cool right now, where they are actually looking to grow. They're actually looking to buy additional businesses. They're buying equipment. Several are buying buildings because they're needing to expand. So uh, when you look at, across our kind of customer base, there are some that are struggling, and not uh, necessarily because of their own doing, but some hit industries have been hit harder than others. But uh, for the most part, I feel really proud of how uh, our entrepreneurs have been navigating this environment. Mm, that's positive to hear. You know, um, that's why we have you on. You tell us the truth about what's going on with the, with the world, because you work with so many different types of clients um, at, at the bank. Um, kind of talk to us about that. I mean, you kind of have always worked with these growing companies, these entrepreneurial companies. Uh, that's why you bring on such great guests. But uh, why do you like doing that? And kind of um, tell us how kind of you really assist them. Yeah, well, that's kind of you to say. Um, I think part of it is because I love living vicariously through them. People that are willing to take calculated risk, um, who are always dreaming and thinking about uh, what the world is in need of, what markets there are out there. And I love talking about new ideas with folks and kind of I'm a planner. Uh, so being able to say, hey, here's where I want to go as a business owner, me getting to help you with that and kind of how we plan that, how we put you in a position to be able to do that, uh, that really kind of pushes all the right buttons in my world. So uh, I think it's been a nice marriage. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, you know, we, we get a chance to work with a bunch of entrepreneurs and really kind of the environment today is one that you have to be dreaming and thinking constantly because we're kind of inundated with new information constantly. There are things that are changing, um, both regulatory wise and, um, you know, what your state and country are doing also with what the priorities are of your customers. So I think, I think folks are using this time, um, to really kind of, uh, check out the landscape and see what's out there. As far as programs, you know, we all know about the PPP program and the SBA uh, has had some programs where they are making payments on your behalf. Even if you're doing fine, they're making six months worth of payments for you uh, in their 7A program. Um, there's uh, some different legislation that's in the works right now that would present some further financing opportunities to kind of spur and encourage businesses to continue to grow and to add jobs. So really as an entrepreneur, you have to be constantly taking in information and talking to folks and asking, Hey, what are you, what are you seeing? What are other people doing in these? And I think when we create that community where we're all talking about those same things, we really help each other uh, to, to be better. And so um, that's a, that's a fun community to be a part of. Very fun. Jeff Phillips is with us after the break. We have a minute and 20 left in our first segment. We're going to be joined by the two leaders of RJ Cool, rjcool.com. They are a commercially laundry equipment distributor that has been in business and excelled since 1961, truly finding a lot of solutions for customers, Jeff. Um, 
what do you think about this business? What are you excited about for this show? What, what are our listeners going to be hearing in the next, uh, the next 45 minutes of the show? Yeah, I think uh, I think there's going to be some topics that they can really speak to as far as partnership goes, uh, what they've experienced uh, of how to do that well. Uh, acquisitions, uh, they not only go into new markets um, geographically, but also these niche markets. Um, and they've they have uh, gone through actually acquiring some businesses. So how do you identify what's a good price? Uh, how you engage with the uh, seller as far as their ongoing involvement with the business, uh, what changes you should make culturally, how you fit, and then also changes to the business itself. Uh, yes, this is a successful business, but how do we shift um, to make us even more successful in the future? Jeff Phillips, always a great guy to uh, to be on a radio show with. I'll tell you what, man, we gotta we gotta have <laughs> one. I love I love the people you work with, but man, I missed having you on. Uh, very, very good guy here in Kansas City from Landmark Bank, banklandmark.com. I'm Jason Grill, your host. We'll be right back after the break with Bill Kimmel and Darren Harding from RJ Cool at rjcool.com. Thanks for joining us today on Grill Nation. Sing time, open all the doors and let you out into the world. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM. And if you're joining us via uh, iTunes, via podcast, or on our website, grillnationshow.com. Again, today I am joined by Jeff Phillips, Senior Vice President of Landmark Bank. We just taped a great first segment with Jeff. Um, their website is banklandmark.com. Uh, Jeff is a, a great Kansas City and he, he connects us to so many great people. Um, in the area that are just just growing their companies and doing great work. And today is no exception. We're going to be joined here in a matter of seconds by Bill Kemmel and Darren Harding from RJ Cool. That's RJ Cool, Cool with a K. Uh, Their website is rjcool.com. I'm going to let Jeff take over here and introduce our guests. Uh, And then we're going to get into uh, some of their, their ins and outs of their business, their company, and kind of what they've done over the last, man, it looks like uh, over 60 years almost of, of, of R.J. Cool in the area in the Midwest. So, Jeff, uh, why don't you introduce our guests and take it away, sir? Yeah, well, thank you. I, I'm excited for um, the listeners today to hear from uh, Bill and Darren. Um, I kind of uh, hold them out as being really uh, a case study for how to do things the right way in uh, growing a business. So. Um, we met, um, I would guess, about 10 years ago or so, whenever uh, I was still at MoBank, met them through um, a teammate that we have here at Landmark, Charlie Benson. Um, and they had owned the business for maybe about 10 years or so and were really um, kind of putting themselves in a position to uh, grow the business, um, maybe restructure some things, actually uh, buy a building uh, there in North Kansas City. And it was just a perfect opportunity for us to get to know each other. And it's been a wonderful relationship. I think uh, I think they kind of hold themselves out. They, they don't themselves, but I look at them as um, kind of an ideal partnership about people focusing on their specific areas in a business, um, about how you uh, properly acquire a business, 
uh, and roll that into your existing business. And then kind of how you target a piece of your industry and really expand that whenever you find out that there's an opportunity there. So it'll be a great show. So you guys are in the uh, laundry facility business. Is that right? Correct. We're in the commercial laundry equipment business. So we distribute to hotels, nursing homes, hospital, correctional, fire departments, coin laundries, dry cleaners, so and, and even some more segments. So uh, places, any place that had needs a need for a commercial cleaning, where you know equipment, we're there. Yeah, and uh, Darren, tell us about your background, and Bill, let's talk about your backgrounds and how you got into this industry. Um, because, you know, it's pretty unique as far as uh, it's very specialized, if you will. And you guys have you're in seven Midwestern cities now, it looks like all over this uh, area. Uh, and we're talking about the places like Kansas City, St. Louis, Springfield, Wichita, Tulsa, Oklahoma City and Omaha. But kind of take us through your backgrounds, each of you. And uh, I know you're, you're running the company now, but take us about, you know, through your journey, I guess you will. Uh, are you from here? Are you from somewhere else? How did you get into this industry? Why don't we start? I'll, with I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll take that to start with and then we'll kick it over to Darren just because of the, the history of it. But uh, so a gentleman by the name of Russ Cool, and that's where the, the name came, R.J. Cool, uh, comes from. He didn't have a fancy name, so the attorney just wrote, well, we'll write down R.J. Cool until you come up with your name. And it's it's stuck for almost, like you said, for 60 years. But uh, we started up out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where I moved when I was in, in high school and started working for Russ in high school and college. Uh, so this goes back into the into the early 80s, through the kind of mid-80s. Went to the University of Kansas, graduated, went to work for EDS in Dallas as a systems, systems engineer. And uh, I ironically had a job up in Iowa, got with Russ. Uh, we connected back up and uh, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. He said, come back to work for me for half the price um, and you work twice as hard. So I said yes to that. <laughs> so this is an early uh, mid-90s. Um, and then we had offices there and we had bought a small company here called Lens Machinery and that would then we brought the RJ Cool name down here in the mid 90s and uh, then we ended up buying Russ out in in 98 and then another manufacturer uh, ended up buying our offices out of Cedar Rapids who had a big leasing company as well and that's when Darren joined I needed uh, we I didn't have quite the capital or maybe even confidence to, to take off by myself and so uh, Darren had a, a similar type business in the distribution and the ice machine business. And so in 2000, we ended up uh, uh, buying the partners out. And uh, we at that time then had Kansas City and St. Louis um, uh, moving forward. So, you know, the it's it's been a kind of a journey. You know, when I first started in, in Kansas City, we had uh, me and three other people. And so uh, we were. Uh, not in the best part of town and, and would be broken in too frequently. And, you know, it, all the trials and tribulations of a small business that you're trying to grow and uh, doing it on a shoestring budget. So it's, uh, it's been fun. And now you guys have a team of uh, a lot more than three people, correct? Yes. Yes. I, <laughs> what, what's our final head count, Darren? I don't even remember anymore. It's uh, well, uh, we're, uh, we're about 38 now between yeah. uh, all of our locations. And why, don't you, why don't you continue on with Bill's story there um, when you came on and, and kind of your background as well? Yeah, yeah. just uh, quickly, Bill and I were actually fraternity brothers in college and uh, got to know each other very well. Uh, I have a banking background. 
um, after um, uh, from Western Kansas originally came to uh, Kansas City via the University of Kansas. Met my wife; she's a lifelong Kansas Cityan, and uh, decided this would be a good place to call home and raise our family and lay down some roots. Um, I bought my first little company in 1996, and uh, uh, Bill and I had lunch quite often just to kind of share about the trials and tribulations of small business. And uh, this opportunity presented itself to Bill, and he came to me and said, I think we make good partners. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to say and happy to say that that has been a, the, the case, and uh, we still enjoy working together uh, closely uh, today. So, Jeff, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was uh, a partnership. I mean, and, you know, how are you successful in this partnership uh, as the years have gone on? Uh, Let's talk about that. Talk to me about this partnership and, and kind of how you guys have worked together and some of the ups and downs and how you, you've succeeded in it. And what, what, what advice would you share with those listening uh, and to how to grow this and how to work together? Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll take this, Bill, for just a second. I think, you know, uh, partnership is just like every other aspect of life. There are, there are highs and lows uh, to partnerships. Um, I think really communication is the key. And our business has not been of the size where, uh, at least early on, where uh, Bill and I could kind of just go out and do what we wanted when we wanted as far as taking the business in certain directions. So really, we had to determine what each other's strengths and weaknesses were for our particular business and then apply those strengths and weaknesses, which can mean sacrificing some of the things that uh, you would kind of like to do day to day in your business. Uh, part of a partnership too is, is just like life, business changes. And so you have to kind of take on the characteristics in your role as a partner that your business requires at that particular point in time. So sometimes you're forced to step outside your comfort zone and learn new skills or practice new disciplines that maybe are not necessarily what's innately programmed in you as an entrepreneur. So uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's been a great ride. And uh, as a result, you get to wear a lot of different hats. I don't know if Bill wants to add in, add on to that or Jason. If yeah, you have please, a, I think that please, was, please, please do add a little bit on Bill because I thought that yeah. was a fascinating answer. Yeah, you know, I, I think Darren is 100% spot on. And, and I think the biggest thing is respecting each other, respecting the roles and their decisions. Uh, just like a marriage, right? You and your wife, you might you may not always agree on parenting, but you were going to support your wife, and, you know, on their decisions. And the same thing here is, you know, I think, again, Darren said it exactly right, is uh, define roles and define responsibilities and then respect uh, of each of those. And, uh, you know, what Darren brings to the table actually complements uh, my weaknesses really well. And so, uh, you know, I'm more the kind of the sales and marketing out there face-to-face uh, -face with customers. Darren does a beautiful job of uh, taking care of our books and our financials and making sure operations are tight and, uh, you know, policies are in place and uh, systems work accordingly and, and people know, you know, what they need to do every day in terms of, just keeping systems in place. Uh, as, as you grow and you get more and more transactions, you get more and more customers, um, the complexity of the business changes. And, and so uh, being able to, to rely on somebody that's going to make sure those things 
uh, move along with you because you can easily outgrow uh, your ability to manage it. And Darren's done a beautiful job with that. And, and the other side of the table is, is it's my job is to go out and look for opportunities, new products that we could be selling, new markets we need to be in. Uh, and we're going to get, yeah, I want to get it out in so, the next segment. Jeff, yeah. what you, we have a minute left in this segment, Jeff. What would you like to, to tag well, on? I was, yeah, I was just curious. Were you guys super wise whenever you got together that you identified each other's strengths and weaknesses before you even partnered up? Or is that something that you just figured, hey, we can work together? Personality-wise, maybe you grew that into those fraternity roles. days, Jeff. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I think that it's been uh, we were good friends, uh, like-minded individuals, similar values uh, in college, and we thought that yes, we could work together. But we we did have to kind of as we went along identify um, our roles in the business. And, and you know, I think the most important thing in a partnership, particularly in a company this side, is presenting a unified front to your employees because just like Bill was referencing in a marriage with children, if one employee doesn't like the answer that they get from one of the partners, they'll go ask the other partner and hope they get a different <laughs> answer. So that's something that Bill and I have really had to work hard on is to make sure that we are always unified in the eyes of our employees. And uh, and that's a great answer. And let's end on that on this segment. Uh, you're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on podcast via iTunes. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining us today on Grill Nation. He was warm. He came around like he was dignified. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at grillnationshow.com. I am your host, Jason Grill. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill or on other social medias. Just search for my name. We're also on Twitter at the Grill Nation show. Again, today we are joined by the president and vice president of RJ Cool. Their website is rjcool.com. Cool with a K. Uh, also joined by our great contributors and uh, just a great all-around uh, person, Jeff Phillips. He's a senior vice president of Landmark Bank. Uh, RJ Cool has been providing premier commercial and laundry equipment for sale, rental, and repair uh, since 1961. They have a uh, extensive experience assisting commercial laundry facilities, including hotels, healthcare facilities, commercial laundries, fire departments, correctional facilities, and athletic clubs. They maximize their on-premise laundry space and reduce costs. A very good company that's growing here in the Midwest. And uh, as you can tell from our last segment, they have a great partnership and some really great leaders, Bill Kimmel and Darren Harding. Um, let's start with your your uh, your growth and acquisition. Um, take us through kind of how you, you successfully target, negotiate, and close uh, on different businesses that you're looking to purchase and how they integrate into your existing business. Let's start with Bill on that one. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of it is, is, is knowing the marketplace, knowing who's out there. We, we made a small acquisition in uh, St. Louis when we were still getting our presence uh, moving there. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a smaller business. The gentleman had been around for a long, long time. Uh, but, you know, never more than a couple employees but exactly the type of acquisition we needed to get the phones ringing a little bit, something that we can build from, right, is, is create enough of a base that you can really start expanding and, and moving forward 
So sometimes we, we looked at more of these small little acquisitions that doesn't cost a lot of capital. The risk is a little bit uh, less. It, it allows us to take a footprint and take some existing customers and go grow from that. We were able to, we actually did that in Omaha and uh, we just recently completed a similar one down in Springfield. And so uh, we constantly are looking for acquisition targets that uh, are, you know, we can manage, we can, uh, if you will, digest, uh, be able to, to be able to go grow it. So it's, it isn't one of those industries that there's a lot of people out there. So, you know, we know kind of who the players are and, and as these kind of these owners age out and they don't know what to, to do with their businesses, we certainly like to, to try to step in. Hmm. And uh, Darren, you know, looking at these niche markets and geographical areas, um, are you guys mostly targeting on some of these larger cities in the Midwest or are you, are you looking at other markets as well? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, one of the things I've always said about our business, Jason, is it's a finite industry. You either need us or you don't. We don't get too high. We don't get too low. Uh, but being a finite industry, uh, we contract with our main manufacturer for about a five-state region. And in some of the outlying areas, it can be really hard to gain momentum uh, and uh, successfully uh, integrate remote employees. And so that's, as, as Bill was saying, acquisition in those areas, either of personnel or smaller businesses, has been a real kind of target of ours. And, it, and they're hard to pull off. Over the years, though, we have also looked to kind of expand our, uh, our products and offerings to our customers. And it has led us into some businesses that uh, are some product lines that uh, have allowed us to kind of step outside our normal laundry equipment. And one of those is kind of in the chemical uh, and janitorial supply business. And it was a natural fit with laundry. Um, and that's an area that we have had some success in uh, attempting some acquisitions. Uh, it's a strategic acquisition uh, on a very small basis. What, what we found is businesses are size, and they really don't have a lot of scalability, meaning the margins are, are thin, the operators are involved day-to-day. So you really have to look at um, – is this acquisition going to fit and is there some scalability for us? Because otherwise you're paying a premium price in a remote market that maybe you don't have the ability to go in and run as effectively as the previous owner did. So uh, strategic acquisition uh, has always been our focus, some scalability, uh, some immediate return uh, and improvement uh, in share in those markets. You know, I, I, I got to put a little plug in here to, to Landmark Bank and to, and to Jeff and, and Charlie. They have been a great, great asset to us in helping us kind of accomplish some of our goals. And, you know, we'll bring them a deal to look at and, and uh, they just don't look at it on paper. It's how can this benefit your company? What does it do to make you a better company uh, and, and it's not just plug and play with Landmark Bank. They really come alongside us, and they've allowed us to achieve some of our goals, uh, or, or most of our goals related to acquisition. It's how can we make this happen for you? And you know that's great, Darren. Um, I just was going to bring Jeff in on that topic. So you, you uh, great segue, Jeff. But yeah, talk to us about that because 
this is company that's been around for, you know, almost 60 years. If I'm doing my math correctly, I, I haven't done math in a while, but uh, <laughs> I think it's close to 60 years. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're just continuing to evolve. And, and we'll talk about some of the, uh, some of the sales stuff too, that you've done over the years, but as far as the, the services, the, the products, um, but how have you kind of helped with that, Jeff? Uh, and give us a little, little inside baseball on how you advise them and how you advise kind of some of your other clients and how this really kind of works all together into one little, little perfect little box here. Yeah. Well, that was very kind words, Darren. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for us to um, sit down and have a conversation with people that are thinking um, about expanding either geographically or going into a different uh, segment of their industry um, or focusing on one specific piece. And uh, you can be at different stages of that process, right, as you're kind of thinking about it conceptually or all the way down to, no, I've done an Excel spreadsheet and this shows what impact it will have financially. I think what Bill and Darren do a great job of is they talk about those things conceptually early on uh, with us and we can kind of bounce some ideas. But then as they do their due diligence, they really kind of come to the table with here is how we think it benefits the current business, the core business. Here are some of the changes we think we could make to that new business. And um, they've really done all the legwork themselves. And really, it's more of a, hey, test me on this. And I think, you know, we talked about earlier about that communication piece. It's really just communication between us. It's, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Are you seeing that same thing? And it's kind of the same thing for us, too. We're not experts, but here's here's what we've seen other people try that have done that same thing. Or maybe here's a program that's out there that maybe you didn't know about that might work in this instance. And so really, I think it's just a um, humbleness to say on both of our parts to say, I don't know all the answers, but here's what I am thinking and what I am seeing. And then surely between the three or four of us, we can come up with a with a good answer. Mm-hmm. You know, Great I was going to ask, uh, Darren, would you say that as far as like expanding into new markets, it feels like there's like two um, times that you really do that. One, you either follow a customer into a market um, or um, whenever you um, are in a customer, you see what else are they buying that we could be providing to kind of expand that. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I, I think in most cases that's accurate. The, um, the, the reason that we've kind of expanded into the uh, chemical and janitorial supply market is because uh, of, uh, I don't want to give you the, the long version, but basically we acquired some talent along the way uh, in the chemical industry related to titration, uh, titration. And then uh, something occurred in the marketplace that basically uh, acquisitions or roll-up occurred in the marketplace that took out a certain segment of the market that provided chemical and janitorial supplies, meaning meaning the big guys gobbled up the medium-sized guys unsuccessfully and left a void. And through our customers asking and through the uh, knowledge and experience we had gained, we determined it was the right time to step out of our normal course of business and see if we could start to fill that void for our customers. So working closely with our customers, almost telling us how to do this business uh, for them 
and then taking that conversation and applying it to other customers. How do we do this for you? So we fill the void, or we're, we're hoping we're filling a void for them. We believe we are. There's a, a fun word for you, Jason. Your, your next drinking game is whenever you hear the word titration. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I probably never will hear it again. Unless yeah. we, uh, we have these guys back on the show one day to talk about how they've expanded all over the country. You know, I don't know. Um, we have about one minute left in this segment. Quickly, uh, before we get into it, just talk to us about kind of how things have changed with uh, with sales in the last few months, I guess, with uh, with COVID and everything. I mean, is it is it how have things adapted for you guys, Bill? Uh, you know, what's funny is, is uh, because we're, in a lot of respects, a essential business because right now hotels, nursing homes, they are as dialed in to getting things clean and working as much as possible. So our guys have certainly have spent more time on the phone than they probably ever have, but it's still, we've been going out and seeing our customers and getting face-to-face, and we have been extremely successful with that, uh, of getting out there and actually seeing them and getting the customers comfortable that, hey, we're taking all of our precautions that we can to keep your facility safe because, we again, we go in a ton of nursing homes. That is a big concern and safety side of it. But at the same time, the customer, we have to get into these facilities and take a look because you got a machine that weighs 2,000 pounds. You can't just install it via UPS. Bill Kimball, Darren Harding, and Jeff Phillips are my guests. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM. And if you're joining us on podcast, we greatly appreciate it. We'll be right back after the break with more Grill Nation. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. We are at 980 AM on the radio or on iTunes via podcast or on our website, grillnationshow.com. I want to thank our guests today, Bill Kimmel, president of RJ Cool and vice president of RJ Cool, Darren Harding. Also joined today by senior vice president of Landmark Bank, Jeff Phillips. Um, RJ Cool is online at rjcool.com. That's cool with a K. And uh, the bank is online at banklandmark.com. Uh, final segment of the show, I want to start where kind of where we left off with um, kind of the sales and uh, how you guys have kind of adapted. And from what I'm hearing and what I've heard from Jeff, uh, you guys have really grown the reoccurring revenue side of the business uh, and become less dependent on just selling equipment. Uh, tell us about that journey and tell us about why you have done that and how that has helped you grow your business. Uh, Bill, do you want to start? Sure. You know, it really starts with it is what can, why, why do we exist? We're here to help customers, right? We're not here to sell them anything. We are here to provide them services and products that they need, want to make their businesses run better. And so that's just been a derivative of customers. It's a fairly expensive piece of equipment. So let's say, you know, a lot of these machines can be, you know, $10,000 to, as much as $100,000 plus on a, on a piece of laundry equipment, believe it or not. They do take a lot of uh, service. And so the customers have come and say, hey, just for a monthly fee, can you just take care of everything? You come out, you fix it when it breaks, just take care of us. We just want to know when our people hit the button that the machine works. And so we've continued to grow our leasing business, but we also leasing slash rental business so that that can happen for the customers. And that is continuing to, to grow as 
people struggle with keeping good maintenance people uh, on staff. They may not have the support people. They, they're busy doing other things. You know what? It's one less thing I have to worry about is in the laundry side is, hey, I can just call them. They're going to come take care of it for me. So we look at it as, as the sales cycles. Right now, we've been through a really good boom with hotels. You've seen a ton of new hotels go in. And that cycle's probably come to an end for a while. And so we know that we can rely on our service business, our uh, service contract business, and our rental business to, to keep the you know income coming in to, to support our, our organization. And the other side of that is, is we've we talked a little bit earlier about you know venturing out into new areas as we did an ozone system where we're able to use cold water, disinfect kill MRSA, C. diff, coronaviruses, et cetera, in a, in a cold water environment, which led us into the chemical business. And that continues to grow because uh, that's something that needs to go out every, you know, those, our guys go out, deliver the products, service the pumps, uh, those things. So we, we're consciously looking for those reoccurring revenues to, uh, if you will, augment our, our core business, which is selling equipment as well as servicing equipment and parts. So Darren, um, whenever you guys kind of strategically made that shift that were there a lot of changes that you had to make within the organization itself to be go from primarily focused on sales of equipment to um, kind of a more holistic approach to the customers? Yes. Uh, and, and it's been a challenge and it's, it's an ongoing challenge. And, and the, the shift is, is to focus from a, a sales organization. I would say we are what, most consumers would consider an HVAC company. We, we sell the air conditioner, we sell the heater, we service the heater for our marketplace. But what is a challenge today is that can be commoditized. Buying an air conditioner, you know, buying a television, a big screen television is now a commodity and you don't have a TV repairman. So what we had to do was kind of put on our hat and say, wait a minute, our customers have forgotten what it is that they really value from us as a, as a supplier. These are production facilities for our, for our customers, the, the nursing home chains. They are sending laundry uh, through a production facility. It's all about the equipment that we size and buy for them. It's all about how we can help them control these production costs. It's all about how we can take a variable cost and make it a fixed cost for their organizations and their operational budgets. So as a, as a sales team, we've had to turn around our focus and say, okay, this is the price of a washer to actually, this is what you should be valuing, Mr. Customer, because here is the impact it has on your business today. So, uh, you know, I, I know there are a lot of industries out there that felt the pressure of, of trying to be commoditized, for lack of a better word. And so we have to reinvent ourselves and remind our customers every day that we are so much more for them. And, and some of them value it. Some of them get it. And, and then we got to play in the commodity world as well and, and be able to provide a competitive uh, alternative for them if that's what they truly value price. So, uh, Walk us through again the, the major verticals you guys uh, you guys work in, not, not the services or, or products, but the, the people that are utilizing your services the most. Uh, primarily were hotels, nursing homes, uh, hospitals, correctional facilities are our main, main segments that probably, you know, makes up 60 plus percent of our business. But then coin laundries, dry cleaners, fire departments, beauty salons, 
it's a lot bigger than people would think. You know, before we um, before we did our research before the show, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, you just don't think about how many potential customers, major customers that you guys all have. Um, you just it's one of those things that unless you're really in the industry, it's just it's so much bigger than you would think. I mean, there's so many potential customers and so much potential growth for your company, and so many people need what you offer. And now that you've expanded into different areas and with everything going on in the world right now, I mean, it just seems to me that there's such a bright future as far as your company and what you're doing right now. I, I would agree. You know, uh, it's funny as is uh, been in the industry so long that, you know, you put, see movie clips and every uh, chase uh, robber, bank robber chase ends up going through the laundry in a, in a, <laughs> a hotel or something, but uh, picking out models of equipment, but uh, you know, so it, it is one of those unforgotten, you know, niche businesses that I think are out there that most people don't ever think about, right? There's there's the magic that's happening. All you know is you got a clean sheet on your bed and you're happy. Right. You don't think about how it's done. And, and there's so many businesses like that out there in the world that uh, happen in the background that you don't think about. But I would think that would also be the case for the actual operator themselves is that that's not an area that they've focused on as a part of their broader business. And so if you can come to them and say, hey, look, we are the experts in this and we can tell you what you should be thinking about and what you uh, how you should be rolling this into your overall business, then it is one less thing that they as an operator have to focus on. You're 100 percent right, Jeff, is that's where I think that's what. When we say we're a solution provider, that's what our guys go in there and do, not just tell them, hey, if you upsize this washer and you did this over here in the dryer, we can we can cut out a shift, two shifts overnight. You can run five days a week instead of seven. Uh, you know, you're looking at what that production, FTE per, you know, what's your, what is your production rate per full-time equivalent, right, FTE? So how efficiently are you operating this thing? You know what? They're more interested in what, what the reservation rates are, what they're you know, what the reimbursement rate per bed is in a nursing home. You know, those are things they're focused on. It's our job to come in there and try to get a, a solution that helps maximize their investment and minimize their costs in in, a, in really a cost center area of their business that you're right. They don't really think about, but there is some big dollars that happen back there. Well, I want to thank both of you guys and Jeff Phillips. So we, uh, we were honored to be joined today again by Bill Kimmel, president of RJ Cool, Darren Harding, uh, Vice President of RJ Cool online at rjcool.com. I want to thank Jeff Phillips, Senior Vice President of Landmark Bank, banklandmark.com for this great conversation. And uh, congrats on all of your success. And, uh, you know, keep it keep it moving, guys. Keep all the good work happening here locally and throughout the Midwest. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That's where you guys. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM or on iTunes via podcast. We will see you next week. Take care. 